Hello, everyone. <laughs> and welcome back to a new episode of Conversations with Friends. Welcome back. We hope you had a lovely weekend. Yeah, it's um, it's Wednesday today. Happy hump day. Oh, my God. Is it, <laughs> I thought it was Tuesday. I'm literally, like, so lost in, like, time and days. Yeah, but it's a beautiful day today. Teresa and I were just enjoying it, mm. out, enjoying the sun and just... I love this time of year. Like, it's already super warm for me, like... It was really warm on the weekend and I'm like, it's kind of like, well, like I said last episode, I got really sick because I was like, oh my God, it's 20 degrees, let's put on shorts and stuff. So be careful because it's still like the ground and the wind is still cold, but it's yeah. getting warmer and warmer and I just love when everything's like, I don't know, you have so many things to look forward to, like I European know. summer and just like hot girl summer and oh, tanning and just... But I actually honestly expected you today to not wear jeans. I was like, oh, she's definitely going to come in a skirt. Yeah, well, I would love to. I was thinking about it, but then I was like just still traumatized from my, I forgot what it's called in English again. From your infection. Yeah, from my infection, from my UTI. Yeah, but we're glad you're feeling better. Yeah, so. You're back to the old. But I don't want to like, I don't want to like, you know, go back to getting it. So I'm like kind of waiting till it gets a little bit warmer because it's warm, but it's not. 30 degrees, so... Yeah, but it's... Anyways. It's super nice. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, today is a really cool episode, actually. We're going to mm-hmm. tell you all about it um, in a second. But before that, we wanted to, as always, cover the gems of the week. Yes. Teresa, would you like to do the honours, as always? Yes. So my gem of the week is actually an app. It's called Urban Sports Club. I've been using it for a while. It's kind of like similar to ClassPass. Maybe some people know ClassPass. It's like an app where you can... Um, you pay like a monthly fee. I pay like 50 euros, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you can just use like every class and like different courses that you can find in Berlin from like different studios. So you could get like a cycling class, you could go to the sauna, you could go yoga, Pilates, boxing, awesome. everything, like literally everything. I think it's way better than class pass as well because class pass you have like a limitation. And with Urban Sports Club, you still have a lim- limitation. But <laughs> Limitations. It's like, limitation, <laughs> but it, it's like you can only do four courses per month at the same studio because there's 50 billion studios in Berlin you could literally like in a um, sports yeah so you could just get so many unless you like want to do like Pilates class every single day but other than that it's so nice I think it's really worth the money and since I was sick I couldn't really do much of it and I was like oh maybe I should get off it because I'm wasting my money but Last week I uh, went back on it and I did some Pilates classes that I actually really enjoyed. And I just mm-hmm. kind of like being in the room with people as well and physically being there. As much as I like doing it on YouTube, it's kind of A nice. different thing. It's definitely different yeah. when you're with other like people. Like the music and the smell. They always put like incense on. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, just like also those studios I really like going to in Berlin. Um, is one, one of them is called Yoga Every Damn Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they have a really good Pilates class there in English as well. And I think there's another one. I forgot. I forgot. It's called like... John and Jane's Soul Base. It's so beautiful. Like oh, it the like studio. The, yeah, and you can get like fresh, like jasmine tea out of like this thing. <laughs> so chic. I know it's like so like wellness, like rich. Come in. Yeah. No, it's just so. But they also have a sauna and stuff if you want to use it, which I didn't so far. But you should definitely. I know if you have the chance like, for fifty euros. If you think about it, it's actually a lot you can get because it's like the nicest studios in Berlin, and you only have to pay fifty euros. You can get like a. Yeah, you can get like a um, a bigger flat rate. Like you yeah, can, a bigger plan. Yeah, like a bigger plan. So mm-hmm. you could get like a large one, which is like, I don't know how much it is, which you pay more for. So if you're like a 
person who has more money and <laughs> just works out every single day and wants to get a class every single day. But that's also where I got my cycling classes from. Yes. So I don't know. It's just really easy to use. And you can also go to the gym with it as well because they have like gym things where you awesome. can just go yourself and like lock into the gym. Awesome. So I think it's really worth the money and I just fell back in love with it because, yeah, I was just sick so I couldn't use it. But now I'm like back on track a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. What about you? Um, so, uh, my gem of the week this month, oh my God, my foot just, <laughs> um, my gem of the week to this month or this time is Sudoku. I re- <laughs> discovered, rediscovered my love for Sudoku. I've always been a big fan. I've never played it. It's, like, I know what it is, but it's just, I don't know. It's insane. It's this really simple game. <laughs> it's and, insane. <laughs> and there's different levels. Um, cause I do it on my phone. You can obviously also do it on like yeah. little like, um, books. You can buy them at the kiosk mm. or whatever, but I think it's a bit annoying to always have to bring like pe- like a pen yeah. and stuff and do it like just digitalization like, use on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the app that we I think it's called Easy Brain Sudoku or something, mm. and I always underestimate how how much it makes your brain actually have to like mm. it has to work so much to mm. solve the game. And um, I always do it with Jaffe, um, my boyfriend, and we always do it on the couch and we're just always like so pumped um, <laughs> to play together. And sometimes we do it on one of our phones and we yeah. just do it together. But sometimes we do it on our, like our own phones and just next to each other, just like play like Sudoku. Friday and... night, Sudoku <laughs> night. <Island>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so good. Honestly, oh. when you're on the train and you kind of have to, you know, spend time, a, a mm. long time on the train, Sudoku's your friend mm. instead of like always being on on your phone like instagram or doing whatever you can just work your brain and mm. i really 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 like it and i've been trying um like the different levels out and um yesterday i tried an expert one oh, but wow. i was like she's so, becoming a sudoku expert <laughs> yeah jeffy made it but i was like so tired and i was like no nah, i can't do it because at some point when you get stuck with it and yeah. you just see all those numbers in front of you and you're just like Oh my god! Imagine like you would put on your resume when they ask for skills. You're like Sudoku <laughs> expert. Yeah. Is there like a, like Olympic games for Sudoku? Sure, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh my god! I can so see you there. It would be so funny. But yeah, Sudoku is my um, gem, of, <laughs> gem of the week. Um, I honestly love it, and it's just so good. I can actually feel my brain working and just mm. like new new cells. Look at us. We're like tech girls now. We both have I apps. Know. This one. I mean, it's not like. Urban Sports Club is like an app where you spend hours on. but <laughs> Yeah, Teresa made the app, so yeah. um, check it out. It's like, a, well, it's not sponsored <gasps> anything. I mean, Urban Sports Club, if you want to sponsor me, please do. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, that's... That's all, actually. I yeah. don't have anything else, to be honest. Because um, I didn't want... My boyfriend was like, Carol, you can't say sun again. Because that can't be your gem of the week every, every week. <laughs> <laughs> sun, or the celery sun. juice, <laughs> or Sudoku. <laughs> One of the small things in life, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so let's go back to the topic of today. Mm. Um, Teresa and I are not alone today. We have um, a beautiful guest, one of our dearest friends from Sydney. And um, in today's episode, we are joined by uh, Kara Otter. And uh, Kara is a fashion designer um, from Sydney, like I said. And she is also the mum of a beautiful girl that uh, we also know. And she's such a vintage fashion icon mm. and um, really like a girl a girl boss. When mm. I look at Kara, she's just like a girl boss. Yeah. And I'm like, 
you go, girl, you know? Um, but yeah, so we met Kara when Teresa and I both lived in Sydney. I actually um, had Kara as my roommate for a few months, <laughs> which was very fun. And um, Teresa and I are so proud to say that Kara really truly showed us how like fashionable and also unique secondhand uh, fashion can be. Yeah, we want to chat to her about like her journey from working for a fast fashion label first to then becoming her own slow fashion business owner, like how she made that switch and also where she gets most of her inspo from and also how she manages like her time as an entrepreneur and a full-time mom. Um, yeah, it's just like crazy how she like just manages her time. I'm so I honestly impressed. Would, yeah. <laughs> so I really would like to know her little tips and tricks. But anyways, we really enjoyed talking to her and we hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we do. Enjoy. Hello, Kara. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy, chicky babe. <laughs> I knew I was like okay how she's gonna start like talking to us in the episode oh I love I love I love you so much this is amazing okay I love you guys too you so cutie pies you. so happy to have you on the podcast really the I'm excited too we obviously can't see you right now but we're listening we can hear you so yeah. it's amazing we're, we're like we're feeling the energy yeah. look don't get me wrong in- I would yes, love sorry. a Euro summer. I I would love to be over there ASAP, but it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Well, I guess we come, have to come back to Australia eventually at one point. A big Please. reunion. I can't wait. <laughs> but anyways, we already said it in the intro, but we're going to say it again. We're really happy to have you today and to talk to you about your business, how you got started in like the fashion industry in general and how you pivoted from being in the fast fashion industry to then like starting your own business in the slow fashion industry, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think we're just going to get right into the questions. So I just want to like, first of all, know how did you get started in the fashion industry? And like, when did you know you want to be in fashion? Whew, that's a good question. Um, probably one of the first like influences, which sounds super cliche from a 90s child, but I was probably first super got into it when I started being obsessed with the Spice Girls when I was in primary school. Um, And my friend's mum took me to Camp C to buy sparkly platforms. That was a moment for me that I will never forget how I felt with my Target dress and my, you know, posh Spice (laughs) sparkly platforms Um, and my purple hair mascara. I'll find a photo. Oh. It, was, it was an iconic moment. But, yeah, I loved kind of fashion, I guess, from then. Um, Spice Girls were iconic. But aside from that, um, I guess just like through high school, I just like got my first job in retail and I absolutely wanted to spend every cent that I made on clothes. Um <laughs> putting things on lay by (laughs) I I think I got paid like five dollars an hour so you can imagine I was buying high quality clothing (laughs) um it was a shop called Supre which you guys wouldn't know but it was it was the shit back in the early 2000s um and yeah like I just started you know making jeans and like uh, customizing like my old jeans for friends and stuff like that in early high school and then I learned mm-hmm. how to use a sewing machine in textiles in high school 
And then it just went on and on from there, I guess. But that was probably like the most early, early inklings of like being obsessed with fashion. And I think that I'm like properly obsessed with it. Like I have an actual problem with it. I, it's like all I think about. <laughs> it's sick. But if you saw what I was wearing right now, you'd be really unimpressed. I'm wearing fleecy pajama pants and an old like jumper. You're like one of those people who like, if you dress up, you dress up and you're exactly. like the most fashionable person. But then when, once you like get home, you like don't care. Oh, yeah. You just put like oh. the most random stuff together. I went to go get my nails done the other day and I was like, I fucking hope no one sees me right now. I had no bra, an inside out t-shirt of my boyfriend's that I had worn to bed. Like I couldn't find any of my Crocs. So I was wearing like these little clear high heel shoes and pretty much inside out pajama pants. And I was just like, wow, this is a. Just rock it, you know? Yeah. This is a highlight. My boobs are swinging everywhere, but fuck it. People think I'm a psycho, like homeless person in Bondi, whatever. It's I feel all like good. Bondi needs a little bit more like spice. I feel like everyone dresses like in their yoga wear, so I think yeah, you just like, need to spice it up a little sometimes. bit. Oh so yeah, don't I I woke them up on the Sunday morning, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but did you also study fashion? Like did you go oh, to university? Yeah. I didn't okay. go to university. I went to TAFE, which is more like mm. a practical it's basically the cheaper version of university and you don't get professors, you get like people that have worked in the industry. Um, Mm -hmm. so I did that straight after high school and in high school, I won a course like to do a styling course for a week at White House. And that kind of made me realize, yes, I definitely want to do fashion after school. Mm. Um, and so I did, I went to TAFE and I did two years of fashion design. Parts of it I absolutely loved and was super fun and inspiring that was also straight out of high school. So I was also a bit of a rebel and like wanting to party and stuff and like thought that half of the assignments were lame. Um, <laughs> but, but so I did that for two years and then like a serious like massive recession hit at that point and I didn't want to continue and do couture because I just wasn't interested in bridal. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it would be better to get experience in the industry and get an internship. But at that time with the recession, it was actually really hard to get a job in the industry with no experience. Mm. Um, And it was really hard to even work for people for free, to be honest. Like I remember emailing so many companies asking for an internship and they didn't want they didn't want you if you didn't have experience. And I was like, well, how the hell am I going to get experience? If yeah. How, I think that no one's going to give me. To be honest though, it's like in every industry, I feel like you like yeah. reach out and you're like, I'm giving you stuff for free. Like why not take it? And they're like, I'm sorry. No, we need like, experienced people. It's like, wait, yeah. Where do you get experience? I hate that. It's such a gap oh. in the education and like work system. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I get it. Like I, I get it now from another point of view, it's really hard when you have to like spend so much time training someone who doesn't, you know, like mm, know anything, yeah. but also doesn't want to like, they're not really committed to you. So it's like you're investing your time in them. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I'd studied for two years and I was literally prepared to do anything, but it was just tricky. But do you want me to go on to what I did after studying? Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to hear like 
your, cause I think you mentioned it to me before when I was in Sydney that you like worked for fast fashion before and that you just like kind of had a moment and realized you wanted to switch. And I just really love to hear about that transition. Like mm. when was the moment you realized, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Like I, throughout my whole like high school slash studying, um, fashion, I always worked in retail. So I worked in mm-hmm. so many different stores. Like I worked for general pants. I worked for Supre. I worked for Diva and I worked at those stores for a really long time, like years. I worked at Surf, Dive and Ski, like all different retail, which isn't like behind the scenes of fashion, but you actually learn so much about like what people want, different fabrics. Um, Mm. And I still to this day, like when I go thrifting or I'm sourcing vintage because I like lived through those early 2000s when working in those shops, like I often see things in op shops that I've either designed or that were in store when I was in high school and worked in the shop. Like things come back for me like every day in fashion that I've seen like 10 years ago. And I sound, I feel like I sound so old, like my mom, like, oh, I remember when that was in fashion. (laughs) But it's like, I literally, (laughs) I literally wore this, which sounds so lame, but it wasn't even that long ago. And I worked in the store, like everyone wants to find cool old shit now and it's like I actually worked in that shop when that was in fashion when Mm. Paris Hilton was cool and like Britney Spears was still okay and (laughs) you know it was just it was okay now yeah (laughs) yeah me too um but yeah so I guess like the first so, so retail was like consistently a thing for me mm. and I wanted to work behind the scenes. I wanted to do the creative stuff, which I was doing just like on my own with friends and stuff. But then like mm-hmm. my first real job, I guess, in the industry was for probably like the very bottom, 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 like as fast fashion as you can absolutely get, which surprisingly now is like on every online store. I don't want to say the brand's name, but they're like, you know, make clothes for Nasty Girl. They do lots of mm. production for all those big fast fashion mm-hmm. websites. It's like a little family business, but they pump, pump out volume, like thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces that get made in mm. China probably in two seconds. The quality Whoa. was disgusting like you probably wouldn't even want to use one of those garments to wipe your floor that's how bad they are the beads would be the beads would fall off the garments before they even came out of the clear plastic bag that they came in and it was like yeah people didn't try things on there was no fitting it didn't matter about size or fit because these were dresses that girls were literally wearing one night to a party and then would never want to wear again Um, buyers would come in for their little boutiques like there's lots of little boutiques around Sydney and the world I guess that like they don't buy from a brand they just buy Mm -hmm. a shape that is like a knockoff of a brand or like what's on trend Mm. for that week and it will literally be in fashion for a week two weeks three weeks and then once it's gone no one can sell it and it's like basically landfill we all know Mm. that kind of stuff like it's it doesn't go under a boohoo or a river island. It's just like stuff. And they have like yeah. all different names. Like they just have little cheapy labels. But anyway, I got this job with them and was told that it was a design job. 
Well, that was exciting. <laughs> Yay, I mm-hmm. got my first design job. But little did I Yay. know, I was literally sitting at a computer for eight hours a day sending the owner of the company, like, pictures off Google. That was the design oh job. Oh, my God. Oh, and my they God. Would, <laughs> and they would print out the pictures, probably not even print it, Oops. be sitting in China on a computer and, like, telling China to copy it from a picture. Not from a sample, not fitting it, no measurements, no drawings. It was just like copy. Oh, my God. That sounds horrible. Um, and I had to do like a whole bunch of other really gross jobs, like carry heavy bags. To, it was mm. just gross. But anyway. Um, be, a, be a designer, they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the role that they advertised designer and all-rounder. But it was an all-rounder and someone who just stole photos off Google. But anyway. <laughs> Um, that sucked, but then, I mean, I did like traveling and stuff in between as well. I then got a job working at, which was my first job in retail, but then was, I got a design job there that lasted for about two weeks because that was the same thing. It was like Mm. sit in front of MTV and copy, Mm -hmm. um, zero creative no one had any vision. No one could imagine things off a drawing. It needed to be photos printed off the internet and copied. And I was really disappointed when that didn't work out because that seemed like a legit job. Mm. Um, you had your pattern. It was, it was, even though it was copying, it was still really cool because they were still making things in Australia. Like you'd sit next to a pattern maker and you'd have your sample made and you'd get to see it by the end of the day that after you given them the design. So, I mean, definitely had its place in, like, Australian fast fashion history and it was – there was cool bits about but overall it wasn't for me. Um, Mm. And then – and then I got my real, real, real design job at Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know – it's kind of disappeared now, but at the time it was, like, so cool. I, was so I remember so it being like a trendy yeah. brand. Like I remember it being there. But yeah, yeah it kind of disappeared now. Like no one's talking about it anymore. Yeah. No, it's kind of died. But at the time, like I was there when it really blew up and it was in Urban Outfitters. It was on ASOS. It was like in Nordstrom. It was like blowing up as a global brand. And I was there from when it was super small and I saw it go super big and then I saw it go super nowhere, like it died as well. So I kind of saw the whole process of that. Um, and that again was, well, that was more of a creative design job because I actually got to come up with ideas, um, Mm. and design things from scratch from my head. Um, it was still very commercial, still very mass produced, but as a designer, it was super exciting because you could come up with prints and I designed so many different things for so many different brands and did lots of product development for brands like, you know, shops like General Pants. It was just like a huge house of between its own brand and then producing for other people. I got to experience all sides of what can what those kind of fast fashion places can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and all like, you know, kids wear swimwear, grungy kind of, you know, like at the time emo-y sort of clothes and then super girly like commercial linen dresses and 
things that I wanted to wear and my friends wanted to wear that we thought was really cool and fashion forward at the time. So it was, it was awesome. It was like a really cool experience. Um, and then I quit. Me and my boss, we both quit and we went to India. And I what? worked. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> that was <such> yeah. a surprise. <laughs> yeah, my, the creative director of the company quit and because I, I told her I was quitting and she nearly cried and she's like, well, I'm quitting too oh. then. <gasps> oh, um, it's so, so cute. We're both in this together. <laughs> we're we both in this together. Um, she ends up like she fucking hates fashion now. I think like the fast fashion industry kind of burns you out big time, like mm. especially yeah. if you've got if you've got kind of um, let's say like if you're inter- like if your ethics – doesn't really agree with it and you're being like worked to the bone it definitely Mm. will burn you out Mm -hmm. um especially like constantly coming up with ideas like the we we were kind of monitored as designers by how many designs we could process a week Mm. so even if you did like the most yeah basically if you did the most beautiful intricate well thought out gorgeous designs and you only did five of them, it was like, well, what have you been doing all week? Whereas if you just repeated, Mm. yeah, if you repeated like the same designs that you've been doing for two years and you put them in a different colour and you processed 30 of them, it was like, oh, my God, you are so good. You're such a machine. You can get so many designs done. It was all about numbers. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it got to a point where they – they didn't want to try anything new. They didn't want to be fast fashion forward. It became really safe and I felt like we just had to keep repeating old things, mm-hmm. um, which was, yeah, it, it got kind of crappy. But I ended up becoming really good friends with the Indian lady who was a production manager and she got me a job in India, like a short-term job in this like ginormous factory in India. designing I know it was super random it was the weirdest thing ever like it was the weirdest month of my life but it was like a cool experience I guess I was just like whatever I'm open to anything I traveled the world for 10 months and I was like stoked to have a hotel paid for in India and like experience what it was like to work there Mm. I had like a chauffeur come and pick me up from my hotel room every day oh my god like current um, current India adventures. Yeah. It was so weird. I can't even. It, there was like a little guy that would come around every morning, like chai, 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 and like give what? you this like little, yeah. But I had to sit in this like office that looked like it was hadn't been touched since like the seventies. I felt like Aaron Brockovich, and all these like old men, like all these old men sitting around me, and it was just me on this like really old fashioned computer. Oh my god! I really would like pay to see you. Same. Oh my I, god! I wish I was oh. a little butterfly, just you but sitting you know on that table. Was, do you know what was so funny? Julian came with me every day and just sat there and watched me work because he was <laughs> like, "I don't know how I feel about you." Because it was like all these men, like everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. There was no okay. women. Like there was one woman in the office, and she was the owner, and they would all just smoke inside. Anyway. Enough about India. That was just weird. But anyway, enough about that. Um, 
basically on that trip, on my travels, I really like decided I wanted to do my own label. I wanted to finally have like control and creative freedom to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started Caramelian. Ta-da! Yes. Yeah. But that was also a slow, that was a long time ago. And I started very small. When did you um, start again? I came up with like the name and stuff at the end of my trip in LA and then when I came to Australia, like home, I like got all my samples Mm. made and I I launched Caramelium. But I was still working. I asked me to work for them again. So I was still working in that industry part-time because I needed money to like pay Mm. to start the label. Yeah, because. You definitely need like financial money. Yeah, you need you need money. Like you can't. Doesn't matter how like ethical, small this and that. You need coin to start anything, right? So I worked definitely. there like three days a week, casually, and I thought it would only end up being for a few months, but it ended up being for like far out years. It was <laughs> it was too long. <laughs> Um, but I never really was fully in it. It was like, I was always thinking about my own thing, but it was also a bit of a procrastination because I was scared to put everything into my own thing. It's just like, I guess it's a scary thing to put all of your like energy and effort into this one thing. And you just have this putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Put yourself out there and this fear of like failing and just like something not working out. So I totally understand that. So scary. So scary. Cause you've still got rent to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like when you design for someone else under their brand, like you can be so confident and love the design and, sell it to anyone because it's awesome and you know it is but when it's your design under your brand and it's your face and your name and all of your like like it's um it's personal Mm. at that point it was personal so if somebody didn't like it it would break my heart I'd be like oh my god you know like this is all my idea you know this isn't someone else telling me what I can and can't do like this is me so it was really scary and also like I got shut down so many times, like for years, I would try and like approach boutiques to wholesale it because I knew that it was good, but I was just like, no one wanted to give me a go. It was like, um, Hey, I've got this new brand, but everyone only wanted brands that had already existed or that had like, Mm. um, a sales agent or I just, I didn't really know that side of the business. And I was like, you know what, fuck them. If they don't want to take my brand and they don't like it, then they don't get it. Like whatever, I'm just going to sell it to – I'm going to sell it online to people, like customers that I know like it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of gave up on the whole wholesaling side of things and just kept doing it as like a creative outlet for me because at that point I I had invested too much into it like emotionally and personally that I was – I wasn't going to ever let it go. Yeah. So I just kept doing it as like a side hustle, side hustle, side hustle, side hustle, side hustle. Um, and then finally when I stopped working, because I, I was also doing it with at markets and things like that, I, I tried everything to kind of get it happening. Yeah. 
I remember um, I met I met you at Glebe Markets for the first time ever and I bought like a dress from you which you were like because it was the end of the market so it was like pretty late and I remember that you were like um, selling everything for like one dollar and then I was what? like oh my god and you were like one dollar girls one dollar and that's how I met you for the first time I think well that was a sales store of stuff that we really wanted to get rid of <laughs> We had Not two stores that day, now, guys. <laughs> no, nothing's one dollar now. Um, no, we had a we had a sale like a clearance store. That's when I met you and Charlene, and then we had like our normal store with like our creme de la creme. Yeah. And obviously, you being a traveling gypsy, you were like, <laughs> "Show me the one dollar stuff." <laughs> um, that was a great. I I met I've met so many awesome people at the markets. Like honestly. I've made friends at the markets. I So many people I know in the vintage game now that are like massive, you know, have really successful businesses, they all started at the markets. Yeah. Lee Markets um, in Sydney, yes, best place to get so vintage such stuff. such a good place. Yeah. It's epic. It really is. And we still do the markets. Yeah, so, so if still, anyone's in Sydney, just yeah. go to Glee Markets. Cara has a uh, stand there and she sells amazing stuff. We we don't sell Caramelian at the markets because no one oh, wants okay. to pay no one wants to pay for Caramelian at the markets. Everyone wants mm. a bargain, but we sell Caramelian vintage at the markets. Yes, nice. yes. So and obviously, too, it, it's been yep. a long time since you've been in Sydney, Carol. A lot's happened. A lot has happened. <laughs> a lot I'm has not happened. <laughs> so to update you, there's three businesses now. There's Caramelian, which is my label that I was talking about with the swimwear and I still design all the prints. I design everything myself mm-hmm. and that's all like handmade in the most sustainable way that I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have Caramelian Vintage, which is my cousin and I, and we like source all the like best Y2K vintage and dead stock and stuff. Mm. And then there's So Familiar, which is our shop. I oh, saw it. It really looks so go cool. There. It looks so amazing. I really want to go as well. It's cool. It's really cool. I love it. So that's where like is it? Sh- in Sydney, Newtown. In Newtown, yeah, on okay. King Street. <gasps> so it's a good area. So that's like the shop sells Caramelian Vintage Caramelian, and then we also like sell all other small independent Australian labels. Mm. Um, jewelers from Melbourne, like small ethical brands. It's just like kind of a place where I want like everyone who's got cool shit to have a go to be able to like sell in real life, um, which has worked out really well because a lot of the brands actually already have a cult following. So people mm. come to us because they want to try it on. They want to see it in real life and they can. It's so nice so, you're giving them a place to sell your stuff because it's kind of like you're doing what people denied you to do when you wanted to start. Like exactly. you want to get to boutiques and now you're like, fuck them. Like I'm just going to like give everyone the opportunity if it's cool stuff. Like I'm giving them the chance to sell their stuff in my boutique. Well, there's also like no one else that does it in Sydney. Like Melbourne has yeah. heaps of really cool little shops. But unless you're like too choosy selling super expensive designer shit, mm. There's no one who sells like in between cool stuff. Like yeah. there's nowhere I want to shop in a shop. That's why I just shop at the markets. But there's nowhere mm. that's like opens, you know, every day and that has a change room. It's like there's nowhere. I was honestly 
the one of the ideas of why we decided to open it was like there's literally nowhere like for us to shop that we would think that we would find something cool to wear. Yeah. And so Familia was born. Nice. And if I'm kind of come to Sydney, it's going to be the first stop I'm going to make to Same. get my vintage stuff. Oh, babe, you're going to be working there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would actually love to. I would just be like, what oh are you God. wearing? You should wear this instead. Like, what is this fast fashion look you're wearing? It's just slow fashion girls. Oh, like, you're going to be, you're going to be the store manager, love. Oh. I can get over here. I think I can, I can imagine myself being a manager, like, put this down. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I can imagine you taking some cute <laughs> selfies every day. Yes. Like, hey, guys, stop by. I'm working at So Familiar. Oh, my God. Trying I'm actually picturing on. myself. Yeah. But also I wanted to ask, like, you have, like, a very, like, at least when I saw, like, I was there last, it's, like, your, like, whole style, at least with Caramelion, is very, like, Y2K inspired and also, like, your prints and designs from uh, Caramelion. And I would really like to know, like, where did you get your inspiration from or, like, where do you still get your inspiration from? Um, I guess like it always changes. Like a lot of my prints are paintings that I've done. So like with the swim, that all started with me just like painting things, um, Mm. then turning it into prints. Whereas now it's a bit more digital. Like I've been drawing a lot of stuff on my iPad, um, making collages and I like, it all starts from vintage to be honest, like the shapes, Mm. it all starts from vintage. Cause like vintage is the best (laughs) and all that old y2k stuff that I used to wear back in the day you know when I find a cool shape that I remember I'm like yes this needs to come back and fast fashion guys do the same like when I used to work Mm. at Mink Pink we would work off vintage stuff all the time um things aren't made like they used to be anymore Mm. so it's vintage is like usually the starting point for me because that's if I'm not wearing Caramelian, I'm wearing vintage and I and I work off stuff that I love. Like I'm really loving wearing like 90s shirts, you know, fitted like shirts with like snap buttons in cool prints. Yes. So I've designed some in mesh. I don't <sighs> know if you've seen like my new Caramelian stuff. But yeah, yeah. There's like a mesh sh- colourful shirt with Venus and then there's like a psychedelic mesh print. But it's like... If you're not uh, someone who can access that kind of cool vintage and it's harder and harder to find the good stuff, um, that's what I want Caramelian to be where you can go on and you can find stuff that's similar to vintage but you can find your size and you can have options Yeah, mm-hmm. if you but can't there, thrift it. There are obviously like people out there who um, think that vintage can't be like stylish and vintage fashion isn't stylish at all um so they obviously need some advice from Kara. <laughs> and um what's like your most like what's your best advice for um for for someone who's like looking for vintage gems like in stores like yeah what can, what advice can you give us well if they think vintage isn't stylish I don't know if they can be saved <laughs> um <laughs> oh my god. god help them okay um <laughs> What advice would I give to someone to who wants to find some gems? Um, oh, do I want to tell anyone my secrets? <laughs> spill, uh, it, I would, spill the tea. Spill the tea. I would say find your like nearest markets for sure because you have way more choices at markets and if you just go to an op shop, you have to drive to so many different places where if you go to a market, people have kind of done all the driving around for you and it's like mm. lots more selection in the one place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say get there early because mm. people that love vintage will already know that and they would have picked all the best stuff before you got there. Um, and then I think like when you see a rack and it's really overwhelming, I still do this. Like when I see a rack and I know that there's going to be so much good stuff on it or it might be all crap stuff and maybe one good thing, you literally have to go through every single piece. Every single piece. thing, yeah. Mm. Like you have to flick through. You can do it quickly. You can do it really quickly, but you have to pull those hangers apart and like push them all to one side <laughs> and go through every single piece. I do it when I, if I like, if I'm overseas and I see a really cool store, I need time. Like I need yeah. to go through it and I can do it quickly, but you need to, because you just never know, you just never know what's going to be in there. Definitely. So it takes patience, which is why, yes. which is why people that sell vintage have to charge charge for it because it takes so much time to find those good things. Mm. Definitely. I remember it's, like I was, I was like into vintage, but I remember you really getting me into like colors. I've never, like when I was like modeling for your Carmelian vintage, I was like trying on things that I don't think I would have just like bought in the store. And it really made me realize that like, oh my God, colorful things can be so cool. And like, oh my God, green looks good on me. You really like introduced green yeah I love green that was like my favorite color and I remember you just like putting stuff on and I was like oh my god I would have never worn this but like it looks so good (laughs) definitely I'm so happy that I bought green into your life because it's the best yeah like green is literally like if you see my wardrobe now you would love me because I have so many green things like my friends are like why are you always wearing green I'm like why the fuck not like how good is green I mean really like I'm looking at my wardrobe right now and there is so much of that like yellowy lime color Mm, and I just love it I just want to eat it (laughs) it's good it's good. Yeah, it's a good But color. vintage can be good for anyone, like even if you only want black and white, which is sad. Yeah, but yeah. You, there's lots of good black and white and vintage yeah, too. Yeah, in Berlin yeah. definitely. Oh you my find God. a lot of black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's like a uniform. I don't think you would like maybe to Berlin if you go out like to a techno event, to like a high techno event. I don't know if you would love that or if you would have a heart attack there. I feel like you would come and show up with like your like – glittery like this. pink uniform would- be like fuck you bitches like I want to wear my colors like oh my god you're really making me want to come and visit you guys so badly right now I'm like oh my god how much is a ticket I went oh. to the Berkheim when I was there and it was really it was dark what? but I don't remember it being that dark it was dark it, it was dark guys did dark you like times. it did you like it I didn't think it was as amazing as I was mm. hoping it was going to be from what everyone was going on about. I we think actually, it's very like, yeah. We like. actually sat outside just like being so entertained by how desperate everyone was to get in. <laughs> get in, yeah. We were like, this is so fun just watching people get rejected. <laughs> That's my TV. <laughs> yeah. it's so, it was mean, but it was just like people were just... So there was like people that were pretending to be on the phone as they walked in and they were rejected, but they kept trying to walk in and they're like, oh, no, my you're God. not coming in. It was, <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, this, it's honestly like people stand there for nine hours and they don't care and mm. they stand there because they want to get into their kind. And then imagine if you guys like, go there. I've never been. I'm, I'm kind of scared of going. I'm yeah, like, I don't really I, like. I don't really plan to go in the near future because, or maybe I don't know. I just don't like waiting for things. Yeah, no, neither. Like, I think it's a tour. I think it must be a touristy like 
people want to tick that box, I guess. Yeah, I think everyone who like loves Burkhan right now is gonna like hate us. <laughs> but I think there's Sorry. so many other good clubs in Berlin. Like there's so many good clubs, so it's like you know. Yeah, you don't need backhand. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little techno, a little techno, techno talk in between. But um, techno chat. I, I yeah, well, it's you know, it's Berlin. Yeah, part um, of everyday but, life for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we just came back from Berkeley, actually. No, 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 I couldn't do that. But um, I would also like to know because, like, as you probably know, a lot of fast fashion companies now are trying to be more sustainable, or like like marketing it as sustainable and I would like to know like what do you think about this do you think it's like all greenwashing or do you think there's actually something good like good coming out of it oh I don't know I mean it's like if you're buying a five dollar t-shirt from H&M how good can that be Mm. like (laughs) I don't know I it's really hard. It's really hard because I don't think, like, in general, it doesn't, I don't really think that fashion is ever really going to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, unless you're, like, fixing something that's old, you're borrowing something from a friend, you're re-wearing the same thing, um, like, giving things a second life or you're, like, buying local vintage. Obviously, there's, like, better alternatives, um, Obviously, it's better if you go to your local flea market and you buy something secondhand than Mm. if you go to Zara and you buy a pair of plastic shoes. Like, obviously, it's better to buy secondhand. But I think, um, I don't, I I really don't know. And I, I, I find it really hard to believe that those massive corporations give a shit about the environment to be honest yeah like they just care about money it's just marketing I think to be honest if you ask me but I think it I think it's marketing and I think like people probably know and maybe them greenwashing things makes the consumer feel better yes mm. definitely and gives them an excuse to not feel guilty about buying crap stuff Definitely. When you go into H&M and it's like Conscious Collection and yeah. you're like, oh, I just bought this from the Conscious Collection. I'm like so sustainable now. Yeah, it's like also funny when you like look at the tags and it's all like natural colours and like green, like like trying to look like the earth and you're like, why does like sustainable clothes also have to be like just natural colours and like look like a tree? Mm. Like it's so, I don't know. It's just all like, like you said, Therese, it's all marketing for mm. us to like be brainwashed into this they also like if they do like 10 percent of their stuff that's um eco or whatever greenwashed the rest what about the rest of your stuff Mm. like what about all those children that are making the 90 percent of your shit that's not conscious yeah we'll just be conscious for the 10 percent it's like (laughs) i don't i don't know it's too much sense yeah i don't think i think if I think if you really, like, obviously everyone's going to need to buy, you know, unless you wear the same socks for 20 years, like, occasionally <laughs> you need to buy things that are new. Even mm. as much as I hate new stuff and I hate going to shopping centres, like, there are things you need. You know, I need mm. my bra and I need my period undies and shit like mm. that. Like, you just need stuff, especially with a kid. But I think if you want like if you really care about the environment or like you just won't go into Zara for clothes like personally Mm. if I bought something from Zara I would be embarrassed to wear Mm. it like I would personally be embarrassed because 
I wouldn't want someone to know that I was wearing something from Zara because I just mm. think it, it goes against everything that I really, truly value. And it makes like, me, it makes, I feel like that just puts me in a box of someone that cares more about fashion than anything else. I and I do care about fashion, but I love fashion. You also fashion. care about I just, the planet. Yeah. It's, I just it's, don't think yeah. you need, I, I also think it's like a bit of a style cop out. Like if you have real style, you can find all the things that are on trend in another way, if that mm. makes sense. You can yeah. find the OG of whatever Zara is copying and how much better is that? Yeah. I feel like it's the most annoying thing when you're like, like not now, but a few years ago when I was still buying stuff at Zara mm. and then you think, oh, this is an amazing dress. I look amazing. And then next minute, like next 10 minutes, you see another girl wearing the same dress on the yeah. street and you're just like, oh. Especially with Zara, I feel like there's like. That a- happened to me. That was the last time my <laughs> mum convinced me to buy a jacket and a dress in Zara. This was probably like, it was when I had first had Elvis. So Mm -hmm. it was three and a half years ago and I went into Westfield and I saw this gingham jacket and this cute little cotton dress and I just had a baby so my body was all a bit whack. (laughs) And my mum was like, please buy it. You never buy yourself anything new. You never buy yourself something nice. Like just get it so you've got something nice to wear if you go somewhere, you know. And I was like, all right, fine. She convinced me to get it. And I wore it one day to the market and there was another girl wearing it. And I was like, never again. Because <laughs> no go. <laughs> never again. I'm like humiliated, not because someone's wearing the same dress as me, but that that person knows I'm wearing Zara. Zara, yeah. Mm, and you're I was embarrassed. I was just mm. like, this is shit. And then the crazy, even crazier thing happened. My best friend from LA came to Sydney and she had the same dress oh. as well. Well, that's not like that's not the worst thing. But <laughs> We're like, no, oh, but no. oh no, we have the same dress. <laughs> no, but that just goes to show. Can you imagine how many of these dresses were made? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she lives on the other side of the world, mm. and we've both got the same dress. There's probably like ten thousand people with that dress. And it's also just so nice when you buy something vintage and you like know it's like so original. And it probably also, I love that like you know that the dress is a story and someone else owned it. Like some people might think that's like gross, but I'm like, it's so amazing to know that like it had a history. It like, totally. yeah, where, where was this place? Like where, in what places was this dress yeah, or yeah. shoes or whatever? Totally. And now it's like, also, what am I going to do with this Zara dress? Like there's 10,000 other ones. I don't want to wear it anymore. Mm. And I don't even want to sell it to someone. Like who think, wants yeah. this dress now? Yeah. <laughs> it was a very so again, vintage it's just dress. Yeah, it's just like rubbish I guess at the end yeah. of the day I would yeah and mm. then like talking about Zara and like H&M um like the question that's in my mind is like what changes um would you like to see from the fashion industry as well as from the side of the customer like are there any changes that you would mm. like to see um I guess uh I live in a bit of a bubble because like I'm always around um, people that do love vintage and like a lot of the customers in our store, they're conscious, Mm. you know, they want to buy small brands and support small businesses. Um, I would love to see that, you know, you know, more of a mass kind of mindset. Like if more Mm -hmm. people thought that way and more people wanted to, you know, get behind small brands and just like overall cared about, you know, who made their clothes, 
buying less clothes. Um, I think a really big one is like actually holding influencers accountable and for people to be aware that those influencers don't even like those clothes that they're promoting. They don't want to wear those clothes. They sell those clothes with the tag still on because they're not that great. Mm. Um, I don't know as well, like, I don't know how you teach masses of people that because I feel like everyone knows what I know and then I realise that especially with a lot of younger girls, they don't like I, I think a lot of people do know but some girls really actually have no idea what fast fashion means. Yeah. yeah. Like Honestly, they don't think about it. They they don't actually know and it's like how do you not know I this? I think it's also like if I – like we said, we like in the bubble with people who love vintage fashion but when you actually like meet people like – I still like know some people who like never buy vintage or like don't really buy vintage and then when you talk to them, they're like, oh, how do you find these amazing like vintage pieces? Like I said before, like some people I think actually are like lazy to look for stuff and think yeah. that all vintage shops are like smelling bad, like the cliche like vintage shop where you can't find anything and it's just like – no, you just really have to look for something and like also embrace going for something different and going against the what like what's trending right mm. now. And you should become the trendsetter. You could make your own trends. Like you could wear, I don't know, find a color you like and maybe it's not in trend right now, but you can make it trendy again. And just like, I think a lot of people are just like too safe, I guess. Yeah. Safe. Yeah, in the yeah. fast fashion. I, as well, it kind of hurts me when I think about the fact that some people just don't really give a fuck mm. and they just... They mm. just buy the fast fashion because it's cheap, it's accessible. And I think like the accessibility factors like plays a big role because mm. it's just you can just go into a Zara and you can buy like you can go in and buy a dress in like under five minutes mm. or anything else. I just don't know though. Like I, I'm kind of in two minds because like part of me knows like all those boohoo and all those like sheen and stuff. Like obviously they're mm. dirt cheap. But Zara – I'm like, it's not actually cheap. It's not cheap, no. no not anymore. It's more. still, like, you're still, you know, people are buying, like, even cotton on, I don't know what the equivalent would be for you guys, but, like, a H&M, you know, like, a jumper's, mm. like, 70 bucks, 80 bucks. Yeah. It's like, you could actually buy a, like, epic vintage jumper for less than that, and then you can resell it and it's still going to be good, whereas, like, who's going to want your cotton on jumper in two weeks? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think there should also think, be more like vintage shops. Like I think because we live in both like in big cities, there's obviously a lot of vintage shops. But like if you go to like rural areas, villi- like, like I come from a small town, there's like not a vintage shop there, you know, and they like don't want to drive somewhere to get stuff. So and like obviously you can get it online, but I think a lot of people still like are not as educated mm. on like where to get good vintage. So I think it's just like important to like we do right now talk about it and I think it's slowly like becoming more like if you look at the past years, like how vintage has developed, it's amazing to see. But I think, you, like you said, it definitely should become more of like a it's more even bigger. Um, yeah, yeah. Like mm. a mainstream. I guess, movement. I guess. Okay. So like after our chat, my answer to your question about like what the consumer needs is I think um, like the problem with influencers and stuff like that is the fast trends and mm. everyone wanting to copy what everyone else is wearing, which mm. I don't think, I don't know how you can teach people or give people the confidence to not care so much about looking like the everyone else or that influencer that they saw wearing that thing. Cause those trends change so quickly that even when they're buying the fast fashion thing, they're not wearing it enough times. 
like they're just wearing it and they want the next thing straight away because that's what's yeah. cool because that's what that influencer wore. Whereas, mm. you know, if the accessibility thing is an issue and they can only, like you still don't need to buy 50 million outfits that you wear once. Like yeah. you can spend, a, you know, even a tiny bit more money on something a little bit better quality and wear it at least for a whole season or two seasons or whatever, or even, even if longer, you're not into yeah. vintage. Like even if you don't like vintage, even if you hate vintage, even if you don't want smaller designers and you can't afford them, I get it. Like not everyone can. Not everyone mm. has access to thrift stores, markets, all that stuff. Um, but it's just about being conscious of over-wasting clothes because the they do – they do take a lot to make, a, a lot of resources. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe just like if people kind of think more about what they buy and if they think about the longevity and what they buy yeah. is what needs to happen. Yeah, I think so too. Because like you said, sometimes you can't avoid buying fast fashion. I'm also not putting myself out here like I never buy fast fashion. That's not true. Like you said, I sometimes saw you, you in that HMS, H&M dress, <laughs> Teresa, on the weekend. I don't have an H&M dress. I actually hate I H&M. saw you. <laughs> I hate H&M. I hate H&M. But I, sure, I do sure. Admit, no, I do. But like, for example, like I'm Urban really... Outfitters. I'm like, oh, guilty pleasure. Like I'm Urban up. Outfitters. But it's so expensive. Yeah. Like I don't, like I just generally it's think. So it's so fucking expensive. As well. I, know, it's I know, I know, I know. I know. You may as well buy H&M. It's the same quality, babe. Yeah, I just don't like H&M. Oh, my God, like Urban Eight Fitters is going to hate me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I, like, buy most of my stuff vintage, but, like, I like I said, I'm just the occasional, don't want to say. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's, like, like you said, just trying to reduce how much you buy in general because, like, if I think about all the stuff I went through, like, in my teenage years. You don't now, need like, all wasted. that stuff. It's just, like, so sad. Like, I go back to my childhood room. Like, when I go. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck was I, I like I thinking? worked at Supre, mate. I used to have, I used to, my friends all used to come over to borrow my clothes because I, I had clothes coming out of my eyeballs. Mm, and now wow. I'm kind of numb to it. I'm just like, eh. But, yeah, I think just like people before they buy things, they need to consider like, do I really love this? Am I really mm. going to want to, am, am I, is this something I'm just going to wear once and then never want to see again? Or am I going to wear this over and over again? Yeah. Actually, like that reminds me of, I think I, I said that in the last episode, but um, ever since my boyfriend told me, Jeffy told me, he's like, every time you want to buy something, you need to ask yourself, does it bring me joy? Mm. Like, does it make oh. me... Does it bring me joy? Does it make Spark me happy? Joy. I know. <laughs> um, so it actually is really helpful if I'm at a store and I'm like, oh, do I really need this? Does it bring me joy? And then you can either mm. decide if yes or no. And then if yes, just go for it, honestly. And yeah. if not, then you don't need that at the moment. But um, besides obviously owning a very successful business, mm. you are also a um, mum. A mom to Elvis, which is I haven't seen her in so she's grown so much, right? I seen like a photo the other day and I was like videos, and I'm like I've seen I I've held her as a baby, like babe. She's in the other room now. I was like, don't make a sound. I'm doing a very important interview. (laughs) She's laying there. I don't know if she remembers us. Oh no, we don't want to wake the beast because if she comes in here, the interview's over. No, but like she, after this, be like, Teresa and Carol said hi. Oh, she'll be like, what do they want to ask me? She'll t- <laughs> I'm she'll, ready. She'll be like, interview me. Oh, Look she's at such me. a diva. She is. Oh, my gosh. She's Sometimes such a I diva. Look, 
She is. I have this video on my phone of Elvis and um, I rem- when I was like in Australia in Sydney and I have this video of her, I had like a pink hat next to me, like my pink bucket hat. And I have this video of her, of her like walking around in the living room and then she sees my hat and then she goes up to me. She looks at me, steals the hat, puts it on and just walks away. <laughs> so oh my Elvis. gosh. She would do that now. She's obsessed with Harry Styles right now. Oh my but God, anyway. same. <laughs> She keeps telling me he's hot. He's he is hot. hot. Good on you, Elvis. Like, I, <laughs> she has good taste. <laughs> yeah, she's telling me she likes boys and Harry Styles is hot. I'm like, great. You're oh three and God. a half. What are you going to be like when you're 13? I'm terrified. Oh, my God, true. But, like, how do you keep, like, a a balance between your work life and obviously between her, like, taking care of her and being with her? Like, how do you manage your time? It's really hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, honestly, being a mum is is the hardest job ever. Like, people say that all the time, but they're telling you the truth. It's it's a really – it's really tough. Um – I wouldn't change it for the world because I obviously adore her and she's amazing. Um, It's just really hard because as soon as you become a mom, you're like you constantly, whatever is on your agenda is still on, like everything you have to do in a day is still the same things you have to do in a day except you have like a little person that you have to take care of as well. Mm. Um, So it is tricky, especially because she's with me most of the time. Like even though I – do all this stuff I feel like I'm her you know I'm I'm her main gal five days a week oh it's Um, true though and and she does like she comes along to a lot of stuff I have really supportive family and obviously you guys know Jules is very supportive Mm. and awesome um it's really tricky I guess like for example today I could have just kept working because I work I'm a workaholic Um, But I was like, no, I actually just need to take this morning off and spend some time with her Mm. because otherwise I'm going to regret it. Like I have to like actually just occasionally switch off and go, no, I need to like give her my attention because I'm always working while I've got her. Even if Mm. it's just, you know, what it's like you always end up on your phone, you always end up getting a message or checking an email or uploading something onto Depop. Um, but this morning I was like, no, I'm just going to like bail on work for a few hours and mm. just like Spend chill with Elvis. With um, but, yeah, I don't have like a – I don't have a clear answer of how to or make it easy because the truth is it's not easy. It's It's hard and especially for women these days, like we want to have the best of both worlds but I think it's always going to be – Mm. a struggle because it doesn't matter like how independent you are or how like progressive you are as a woman I feel like you still always have that burden like on yourself and that mother guilt that you have to do everything and you have to be the best mom and you have to be successful because you need to prove to the world that you can still do things even though you are a mom like I always had this like thing in my mind that when I'm a mom, I'm not going to stop being fun and I'm still going to be cool and I'm still going to do everything that I did before. And I do. It's just harder. Yeah. Yeah. You're still a cool girl. Like you're cool as mom. I know not hating on my mom, but like you're still, you know. Thanks, babes. I try my best. (laughs) Elvis is very, very lucky. Yeah. I I do my best. Um, 
but yeah, that's all you can really do. You just juggle yeah. and when you feel like you're going to have a breakdown, you just stop and, yeah. and, and slow down a bit and you just keep going until you feel like you can have a breakdown again. But yeah, it's <laughs> that's it, my advice. It's, just like, wait till you break down guys. <laughs> just wait, just wait till just before and then slow down. So, so it doesn't all come crashing down. Sometimes no. it might. But I guess it's like a real answer because I feel like everyone's like, oh, like I do this and I do that. But I think sometimes you just have to like set your priorities and think about like you can't do it all. And I think yeah, that's no. like you have to like keep reminding yourself that like sometimes it's this and sometimes it's that. And I think it's also like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a mom yet. But like I think it's also hard, especially when you're like an entrepreneur and when you're a mom, there's always things you can do more. It's like a job where you can clock off. and There's you're always like, more and more you yeah. can do, obviously. But I think you need to set your limits and say, mm. like you said today, like, I can't work right now. Yeah. I need to spend some, some spend some time with my child, and I need some some some. How do you say? Some R and R. Yeah. Well, exactly. to be to be totally honest with you, I try and do it all. I usually do do it all. If mm. you ask me to do anything with you at any moment in time, I will always say yes. Yeah. I never say no. Um. And I usually make it work, even though I might be pulling my hair out. I will no, I make it happen. No, your beautiful new hair. <laughs> no, my expensive new hair. No, I, I always find a way to make it happen. I think it's like, you know, there's that saying, like, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Hmm. Like, I always manage to squeeze in five million different things in a day. It's no, rare like that I do. You, you do. actually do, yeah. yeah. It's rare that I actually would say, oh, I can't do that today. I just go, fuck it, we'll do it, we'll find a way. Mm. Um, and, and, and you manage. But there are some people that, you know, they need like five days for one thing. That's not me. I just yeah. manage. And also people are so flaky and like plans change and get cancelled all the time. So I just say yes to everyone. And mm. I know that by the time the time comes, there'll only be one plan still standing. <laughs> so I'm usually fine. That's like the best advice ever. Yes. I just say yes to everything and then they'll just cancel just you anyway. But you're the one who say yeah. yes. <laughs> exactly. I was still able to go. Yes. I had I was working at the shop at the time and I had Elvis and I was on holidays, but I still said yes. <laughs> and it didn't go ahead anyway, so Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. But um, also last question for you is um, I would love to know after everything we chatted about and obviously you're still developing and like you have three businesses now and being a mom, which is also I think a business. A business. <laughs> where do you a big see, business. Yeah, it's like probably the biggest. But where do you see like your business or your businesses going in a few years? Like do you have any goals in mind or on like where you want to take them? Oh, my gosh, I have like a 100 <laughs> where do I start? Um, okay, so I'm at a point right now where I really, I really want to grow Carmelian hmm. because it's in the shop and I can see that people love it. Like I see people try it on, I see it sells, I see, I see like how many people want it when they see it in person. So I, hmm. I've kind of got that like faith and trust in it now where it's like, Okay, I need to like actually properly invest and put some time into this brand to see it grow, mm -hmm. um, which I've never really given it 100% all. So I've got a campaign shoot organized for next week, which I'm super excited Ooh. about with the new collection. 
Oh my God, send us the photos. I want to see. Oh, I cannot wait. It's it's going to be cool. So I'm really excited to grow Caramelian and I just kind of want to get it out there more for people that don't know about it. So that's mm. kind of number one. Um, number two is we want to start a website for So Familiar mm. so that all those like we can sell all those like small Australian brands and vintage and stuff from a website because lots of people that can't. We've we've had people from so many different like unusual places come into the store because they've seen it on TikTok. Love TikTok. Um, yeah, it's a big like thing to use if you want to grow your business. I think definitely I hate TikTok, but love it for that reason. Yeah, it's it's a bit of free advertising, which is good. Mm. Um, so we want to like start a so familiar website, and then. I'd love to maybe do Fashion Week with Caramelian. We'll see about that. <gasps> oh my god, I can see it. Same. If you um, move to Australia, row? hello. If you we'll move to there. Australia, Teresa, you can help me organize it. <gasps> I'd love to. Oh my god, I'm gonna be like one of those people who has like their like headphones and just gonna be like, <laughs> no, no, no. I go, said blue flowers. <laughs> yeah, like, like Hillary Duff like a, or something. What? Yeah, like why is she wearing blue eyeliner? We're supposed to be green eyeliner. What, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, I can so see you in your element. Oh my gosh. That's what Please. you need to do. Okay, Production. I have a motivation now to come back to Australia, you know. So that's one other idea. And then the other thing is I don't know if I can handle another project, but of course I can. <laughs> I would really love to open a So Familiar in Melbourne, but we'll see. We'll see if that happens. That Berlin. could be cool. But. That would be cool. But I feel like Berlin's probably too cool. I don't know. <laughs> You can't I don't know be too if, cool. Your clothes are like your clothes are too cool, so they will fit in perfectly. I think. So. Do you think you just told me that no one in Berlin wears color? No, that's not true. Yeah, I think it's just like the techno people were yeah. black, but other people I wear, wear color. color. Okay. I wear color. Okay. So I mean, that's basically whole Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, so okay. we can yeah. we can open one then. We can open yeah. one, just not outside yeah. the Berghain. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> next to it, vintage shopping after Familia. <laughs> All your party needs. Yeah. But anyways, I'm like so excited to see your businesses grow. And also like for everyone who's listening, go check out So Familiar. Go Caramelian. check out Caramelion. Go check out everything. Go check out Cara. You're amazing and you're doing a great job. You guys clothes. are so nice. No, like honestly, I wish sometimes like I could just go to So Familiar and get stuff. Because like Same. you said, I think there's actually a lack of colorful like vintage shops here in Berlin that I also whenever I go into a vintage shop I'm always like it's never like Kara's like I it's honestly it's not the same I it's not generally the same not lying well. I just I love your vintage stuff and like your clothes mm. in general you guys <laughs> stop <laughs> keep going keep going keep going so, I'm loving this um, <laughs> we have another two minutes please keep telling me how great I am but honestly, we're like honest, so happy to to know you and mm. to see you grow and to see your businesses grow and like you developing Ooh. into this beautiful momager of your own business. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, um, baby girls. Is there but, anything else that I haven't said or that you feel like I no? Kind well, of I could talk to you for like hours, yeah. but I think we covered all the ba- yeah. all the basic questions. We'll have you on a second time once you went to Fashion Week, and then you can <laughs> tell us all the goss about what's going on behind the Ooh, scenes. Okay, I have to I have to make that happen then. <laughs> yeah, I've said it now. Yeah, I've definitely. said it on the podcast. It's locked in. Yeah. It's manifesting. I can visualize you already. I can feel it already. I can hear the music at Fashion Week of your fashion Ooh. show. What would be like your favorite like song to play in the background? I need to know this. Definitely 90s playlist. Oh I like um 
What about that song that's like on the um, Romeo and Michelle, Romeo and Michelle, uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? You know? I know which movie um, you're talking about. Everybody's free to feel good. <gasps> I know that song. Brothers and sisters together <laughs> oh will God, make I know that it song. through. Yes. Oh my God. Sometimes your spirit will take you and lead you. But like a dance I don't know what it's called. Yes. Oh my Everybody's God, free. Everybody's oh, free. It's like everybody's free. But is free to yeah. feel good. Oh my good. god, we're having a little a little sing along in this podcast. <laughs> a little I'm gonna listen to it after. I'm gonna listen to it after. Listen to the you. whole album. There's some good tracks on there. Okay. For everyone out there, if you have a bad day, just listen to Everybody's Free. Or just listen to us sing, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Your day is gonna be so much better. Anyways. Um, like we said, that was all the questions so far. Thank you so much for taking your time um, to chat mm. with us, Cara. It was a very interesting chat about the industry and also kind of getting to know your, like, your... How you worked your way up, I think, as well. You exactly. were, like, in so many different areas in the fashion industry. So which, that was so. definitely, definitely interesting. Um, but thank you so much. You're so special. Such a special friend Love you, us. ladies. Thank <laughs> you so much. And I can't wait to see you somewhere in the world soon. We definitely. will. It's Bye, lovely gorgeous. to see your wall by right now, but anyways, <laughs> but yeah, thank anyway, you so much um, for anyone listening. Thank you so much for um, for listening to this episode, for coming back, and um, always remember you are exactly where you need to be. Don't forget to be um, don't forget to be present. Yes, <laughs> I said it right this time. Um, but yes, we'll see you in our next episode, and we're sending lots of laho. Bye. 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 Bye.